authentic. Just be yourself. You've probably heard it about 1.2 billion times. Yet every time you sit down to write that newsletter to your email list or stare at a blinking cursor on the about page of your website, you freeze. You feel like you have nothing to add to the conversation when your industry is already oversaturated AF. But you also know that deep in the depths of your soul, you have a message that is meant to be shared. If only you could bring yourself to find the words. Oh, have we been there? And that's exactly what we're shifting your mindset around in today's episode. In fact, we're so passionate about this topic, the energy is contagious, and you'll find we basically can't shut up about it. If you're ready to connect with your people in a way that feels good instead of gross and have the mindset to make more sales with authentic storytelling, keep listening because this episode is for you. You're listening to One Simple Shift, and I'm your host, Amanda Joyce Weber, the mindset coach and business mentor that believes it is possible to have a beautiful, balanced life and a successful, thriving business. In fact, what if success wasn't as complicated as everyone was making it out to be? What if the magic formula you've been looking for has been you all along? Each week, I cut through the noise and bring you one simple, actionable mindset shift you can implement today to completely transform the way you show up daily and the results you see because of it. All success starts with the right mindset, and it's time that you create the life and business you've always dreamed of. Let's get started. My guest today is Kendall Cherry. Kendall is the founder and creative director of The Candid Collective, a copywriting agency and authentic marketing education brand that's hell-bent on helping introverts, visionaries, and rebels with a cause to bring their full personality into their business and make more money while doing it. She's on a mission to create a world that's more candid and kind. Kendall, welcome to One Simple Chef. Thanks so much for joining me today. Hi, I'm so excited to be here. Can't wait to get started and and chat more. Yeah, I am pumped. So I read your bio, but can you give me a little bit in your own words about what it is that you do and why you do it? Yeah. So I, for the last year or so, have been working as a copywriter online. Uh, So I work a lot with different brands and people ask me all the time, like, is there a certain type of client you work with? Um, After a while, I stopped trying to fit myself in a box and say, like, I only work in this industry. And uh, we basically tell all types of stories, all types of content, all types of writing. My thing is, you know, if you have something you need written, we can write it. Um, But the people that we really work best with tend to be introverts first and foremost. So they're people that probably maybe struggle with visibility a little bit, maybe telling their story is like awkward or uncomfortable, or they're just not like really sure what to say. Um, so that's kind of like one area of, of people that we tend to work with. I am also an introvert, which most people don't believe when they first meet me. And then in the background, they don't see me like on a Friday night staying home and out of the general social scene for hours on end. So I am an introvert, but I know that most people don't, don't believe me, but I I promise I am. And then the other kind of group of people that we write for are what I call rebels with a cause. So they're people who are loud or they have a cause or a mission that is maybe really innovative. Maybe it's uh, loud for their space. It's a little bit alternative, And they want to get that across clearly. And with these types of people, I find they've got the big, you know, the visionary, they're going to change the way the industry is or whatever it is, whatever lights them up. But it's that classic, how do I talk about it? It's in my head. It's so clear for me. How do I bring people along with me on my mission? So we work and write for people in that space for the most part, but we don't really do you know, just service providers. We have, I've written for strippers. I've written for like sex positive CEOs. I've written for huge software companies, media empires, like the whole, there's not really like a specific type of person other than they're probably introverted 
or they're probably a rebel with a cause in, in some way, shape or form. And then we also do education materials. So we do courses right now. I also do mentoring with agency owners or just small business owners in general who need help and guidance or mentorship with for me, what feels like authentic marketing. So it's not the same old, you know, bro marketing tactics you've seen online or sales strategies that feel really cringy. They're meant to feel really authentic and bring the whole business owner into the space. I I'm a big believer in, you know, you've probably heard, uh, you know, it's, it's nothing personal. It's just business. And I kind of push back and say, well, business is personal because you're seeing my life on the internet and like my cats and what I eat for breakfast. And like, you're in entering my world. So it is personal, even though it is a a business. So I help people kind of bridge that gap between boundaries and like what feels good to talk about in a way that also sells things and sells your services or whatever it is that you do. So that's kind of my, my wheelhouse. I'd say like authentic marketing, rebels with the cause, introverts, people that want to truly show up in their business as themselves without feeling that they have to be someone that they're not essentially. Yes. Oh my gosh. I love that so much. And I think that, you know, in a way you and I have that in common, like I definitely take a mindset approach to it rather than, you know, a copywriting approach, but same, same, like finding that kind of bridge and that gateway that you were talking about to what feels good and like showing up as your full self and clearing out everything that's standing in the way of that, I think is like such a powerful part of the sales process. And I think that it's just so interesting to see like how much we as humans struggle with that and how much there's like just this programming we have to keep peeling back and reworking and finding what feels good and like finding how we can actually show up authentically and as who we really are. And just, just to see so many angles on that and so many different ways you can take it. But like, I really believe that at the core of it, that's what we all really want, right? We all really want to be able to like show up as we are and be seen for who we are and like have that be the thing that connects with the right people. So I really love how you framed that. And I love your mission so much there. So tell me a little bit, how did you get into this? Because it sounds like you've had quite a windy path as far as (laughs) working with various different people and just really, I don't know. I'm just so curious how you found your way here essentially. Yeah, I actually, I have a very interesting, I'll say path into entrepreneurship. Before I was a business owner, I was working full-time corporate America classic, you know, had the dream job. I had a six figure salary. I was slated and labeled as high potential and they wanted me to be a VP at a really big fortune 100 tech company. And I'd had, I'd hit and checked all the boxes. Mm -hmm. So in my family, we didn't have anybody who had a white collar job. My dad was a firefighter. My mom was a preschool teacher. So it was like a really big deal that I'd you know, quote unquote, made it in corporate America. And I'd had all these, you know, great healthcare benefits and the the path in life that for the longest time, I thought that's what I wanted. And I just remember sitting, I, I had gone uh, to Germany for a, a work business trip. And I remember feeling like I, had, I was giving this presentation to a bunch of VPs and it should have been the presentation of my career, like the Mm -hmm. highlight. Mm -hmm. And I remember sitting there and like telling all of these executives, you know, you're messing things up and this is what we need to do. And, you know, feeling like that was kind of my highlight of my career. And I remember I was in middle of Germany, couldn't even pronounce the name of the town I was in, couldn't tell you where I was. I I don't even (laughs) remember. And I remember feeling like I just gave the presentation of my lifetime and Immediately after I went to my hotel room and I cried on the bathroom floor because mm-hmm. it was so unaligned with who I actually was. Mm-hmm. And so I knew I had to make some changes and some shifts. And so I was, I'd always wanted to start a business, but it was this classic girls like me don't start businesses. Like girls okay. like me who went to school and have a master's. And, you know, I was the first one out of my family to not be blue collar. Why would I? you know, dip back into that. Like it was this big mindset thing for me of like, you're not that kind of girl. And eventually I just said, you know what, fuck it. Like that's what I've always wanted to do. And I've been too scared. 
And I had started out, I wanted to be a career coach was my like first iteration. I think I'm on my fifth business model. It's finally like sticking. Yes. But I love that. It, it, it's, it was like, oh, I'm going to be a career coach. And then I quickly realized that I didn't want to help people find their next career in corporate. Me and my rebellious nature wanted to help people bust out of corporate. And so I did a couple of things. I did like software implementation for a little bit and I did business coaching and consulting and then ultimately found copywriting, which I don't know why I didn't think like this was the the way for me at the time because I'd been working in corporate communications for like eight years and I've always kind of thought of myself as a writer, but I just never thought that a life of entrepreneurship and especially as a copywriter just never even entered my domain or like I thought, you know, I didn't think I could make money or I wasn't really into and never thought of myself as a freelancer. And so I, I couldn't figure out that like my identity almost as an entrepreneur. But last May after leaving my full-time job, my coaching business had done really well, left my full-time job. And it was like, of course, as soon as things are aligned, it's a, a nice little reminder from the universe that it's not like the most aligned. So it's like things had been going well. And I, it was like things just, it, I remember describing it to someone as the plug was just completely pulled out of the business, like had a 20K month, like had all these indicators that things were going well. And I'd had a few months of, you know, full-time entrepreneurship and it was like, nope, just kidding. And that's when I kind of realized you know, I need to do the writing thing. Like that's always been in my brain of like what I wanted to do. And then it was, it was a total, like, if I can't be an entrepreneur, this is my last go. Like I'll give it one more Kindle cherry hurrah. And if it doesn't work, like I'll go find a real job. And it was like within that first month of transitioning where things really started to align, I was feeling really aligned with who I wanted to be and the things I wanted to put out into the world and just helping people tell their stories and flash forward, I'm I'm at the time of this recording, I'm hitting my one year anniversary like next week of Yay! being a copywriter, which is crazy. And I I pulled out the you know the rug out from myself. I went back to being a solopreneur, laid off my team, and you know again really decided we're going to try it one more time. And now we have a team of ten people, and we're running as an agency. So I have uh, staff writers. I have four writers that help me with all of our client work, and we do all kinds of writing with all kinds of crazy, you know, types of people, huge, high profile clients. We have, you know, your typical solopreneur or smaller teams. We weren't right for really any, anybody, but it was just like this really beautiful, humbling experience of, you know, I, I think I've got it. And then it was like, don't got it. And then got it again. And, and, you know, here we are again, but it, the, you know, classic tale of entrepreneurship and the struggle and strife, but also, uh, the success and and really like falling back into what feels, and I would say arguably what feels the most authentic to me ever since I was a kid. But being afraid or thinking my identity was tied up in other things, like there's there's so many things you know to peel back there. But um, it's been this really cool journey so far coming to. Like I said, ne next week, at least when this was recorded, I'll be copywriter for a year. But now we have a team and we're doing an agency and we're scaling uh, that little portion of the business, which is crazy. Oh my about. gosh. Holy shit, lady. That's amazing. <laughs> I, I know. I still, I, sometimes I'm like, how did we go from one to 10? Like that, it, sound, it feels like a Drake song, like zero to a hundred divided by 10. <laughs> like that, that's what I feel like sometimes, like how did that happen? But I think it's, it's a testament to, I think for the longest time I was like, oh my God, this isn't working. This isn't working. And I just remember mm -hmm. telling myself like, it only takes one year to change your life. And I, I truly believe that like this time last year, I was living with my parents. I'd moved in with them for a little bit. Like Never dreamed I'd have my own apartment. And now I, I live in my hometown, but I have an apartment in a great area. And just like the transition within a year's time, like it's frustrating until you get in flow. And then things just kind of, you know, emerge magically, which is, it feels really amazing. I mean, 
Okay, I'm gonna give you a hard time there. It's not really magic. Like, like I totally feels that way. Yes, yes. Okay, I totally agree with this. I think it's so funny though because this can be so confusing in the online space where people are like, you know, it's basically magic, and I'm like, really? Because from where I'm sitting, it sounds like you worked your ass off to get here. I know, I know. <laughs> You're right. There's a lot. Of, there's a lot of struggle, but it, I think it's it's almost like you you like black out the, the, the low points. Cause you I totally just get that. It's like a, I don't know if it's a trauma response or what, but it's very like you're, you're in it and you're gritty and you're grimy. And then it's like you, you hit the next level and then it just feels so normal. And like you've, how you've like always been anytime I level up, that's how it feels that natural. So I almost like forget sometimes I'm like, Holy crap. Yeah. I, like I did do all that, like even the amount of time that it's been just feels crazy, but you're right. I, I appreciate the the call out. I, I'm, I'm always down for a, a candid call out. So I, I appreciate the mindset check. <laughs> but I think, I mean, I literally got chills while you were talking there. I think like such a powerful story and such powerful evidence just for everyone who feels like it isn't working right now. I know that those are my people, right? Like the people who typically are like, I just don't get it. It's not working. I'm trying the things. I'm doing the things. And I think honestly, this online space has only gotten noisier since I've been in it. And I think that there's mm-hmm. a lot of different ways you can take your business, a lot of different strategies you can use a lot of different things that can help you grow. And I think it can get really confusing and really difficult to tap into what does feel aligned. And the part that impresses me most about your story is how willing you were to start over. I know that that is not an easy thing to do. And I think that as humans, our tendency is to be like, but I poured so much into this thing. I like, you know, I worked so hard to get here and like almost to become more attached instead of less attached. And I think it's really powerful how willing you were to just be like, nope, not it. Move like trying again. Nope, not it. Trying again. And like, that takes guts. Like, I don't want to downplay that, but I think there's something really powerful in you deciding that you wouldn't settle for something that didn't feel like what you wanted to be doing. Like that's the biggest thing that stands out to me there. I think back to like that time and I just remember having like little glimpses of things. I I remember sitting on a client call with someone. I was doing, you know, coaching and consulting at the time and I'd had a client and I'd work with them on all kinds of different things. Like sometimes we talk about business finances or like client capacity and planning and and whatnot, we would kind of go all over the map. But I had one client in particular who really struggled with content. Like this is, was your classic. This probably your people too. I'm sitting in a Google doc for four hours and I can't write a caption to save my life. And I hate what I'm writing and I just delete the whole thing and it's not perfect. And you know, the whole bit. It's not valuable and it doesn't feel good enough. And how are people going to hire me from this? And yes, all of it. (laughs) And like, it doesn't feel like me and it's not authentic and ew. And this other girl is doing it this way. So I need to write it like her and you know, just the classic comparison trap. And so we were really working on you know, those things in particular. And I remember there was one day, and this is when I had kind of this, like my intuition, just like, it felt like a, like a big, one of those big triangles they have at, you know, I'm in the South. So it's like a big triangle in the West where it's like, it's dinner time, time to go. Like this is resonating. This is what you need to be doing. And I remember there's one day my client and I were talking about her story and how to bring it into her content. And I just remember sitting back after the call being like, man, that was great. And I could coach her how to do this. But I was like, I could just freaking write it. And it would take me no time. And I'd know exactly how to say it. And I know exactly what I would do. And it just felt so like, I almost had to like sit myself down and be like, Kendall, you can't write it. That's like outside of the scope of your work. But it just felt so natural to me to even have that kind of conversation, even think about doing that kind of work and then come full circle within my first month of being a copywriter and shutting down coaching, that same person, which is so crazy, same person asked me to write her website the very first ah, first oh my month gosh, of working. I love these synchronicities. I'm like dying yeah. over here. That's amazing. Yeah. So it's stuff like that where I think like it's super scary to start over. And I, I mean, I was like, you know, 20K in credit card debt, wasn't getting approved for increasing my credit limit. Like we were like rice and beans. I was at my parents' house. Like there, there was no chance I was moving out. Like it, it was pretty rough and just being like, well, 
I've had enough little glimmers or little synchronicities and things like that happening where like, I, I was just like a, a gut. I, I got to give this one more go. Like there, I, I'd had just enough, maybe it was blind hope at this point, like, please, you know, please work. But I'd had just enough kind of glimmers of, of seeing what this could look like to inform the big change. And then, I mean, I think I booked my first copywriting client within a week of switching. And I'd had like one of my bigger months as a service provider that first month after doing it, after like transitioning. But I think for anyone listening, if you have that feeling and it, and it hits everyone and it hits every entrepreneur. So like, first off, let's normalize that everyone goes through this. I go through it constantly, even though, you know, we are growing, we have all the success, like as an entrepreneur, like iteration is just like part of the game. And that's, that's how it works. Like it's not this, you know, steady increase in cash flow and revenue and steady clients. It doesn't work like that. And so even if you had all your dreams and all your clients and all the money that you wanted, like you're still going to reiterate or change things or shut things down. It may not be your whole business, but you may decide not to have a certain service offering and it's okay to explore those possibilities and make sure that it feels really comfortable for you and aligned and with how you want to show up. Maybe it's just a season, but it's okay to have those kind of internal conversations and check-ins with yourself in in my opinion. Oh my gosh, totally agree. And I think it's so interesting because I think it's one of those things that can be really difficult to know when it's time to iterate and when it's time to (laughs) stick with it and like dig your heels in, so to speak. I think like I work with a lot of early entrepreneurs, right? Or people who have tried a lot of things, but like don't feel like it's working yet. And I think that, you know, a lot of the work that we do is clearing out the all of the other all the other ideas and all the clutter and all of all of the this not that or like what if and can it be really be this thing or shouldn't I have another offer and I think it can be really difficult to know like when do you when do you when is it time to stick with it and when is it time to iterate right so I think like if you're listening to this and you're I think fear is always a good indicator of that I guess is what I'd say is like if you're in that place where you're like, well, I need another offer because this isn't working and I'm afraid of what's going to happen if I don't sell something like tomorrow, right? I think that's a pretty good indicator of when it's time to actually like dig in your heels, do the work to stay with it so you can see the results on the other side. I think if you're like, you know, I'm not necessarily fearful in this time, but I feel like it could be interesting to try reworking this offer a different way. Or I feel like I could really serve my humans better if this looked you know, completely different or something like that, where it's almost like a step, like iterating on what you already have rather than change, like changing the whole. I think like you were definitely at a point in your business where you were like, okay, this is not the business. And I totally get that too. But I think like, if you're listening to this and you're like, oh my gosh, but how do I know like which category I fit in here? Like whether it's like a business overhaul or a small tweak or a just like iterating on what I have kind of thing. Like, I think that's a really good way to kind of tap into what feels true to you. And sometimes the hardest work you'll do is staying in it and sticking with it. So just wanted to like give that context there as well. Totally. If you're not making the sales and landing the consistent clients you desire in your business, I'd be willing to bet that you simply haven't found a way to sell that feels good to you. And this just so happens to be what I'm an absolute rock star at helping you shift so you can stop spinning in self-doubt and make more money in your business. I'm currently booked out in my one-to-one future you coaching, but I continue to offer my free 30-minute sincere sales coaching calls because I love helping you get to the root of your biggest mindset block around sales so you can shift it, sell with ease, and land clients again and again. I only offer a few of these each week, so be sure to grab yours at amandajoyceweber.com slash sincere sales. We're like 20 minutes into this episode. We haven't even talked about the mindset shift yet. But. <laughs> well, it's all a mindset shift. I think that's yes. the theme. Everything is a mindset shift. <laughs> but I'm so curious. Like, I know that this is a big part of the work that you do with clients, but what would you say has been like the most impactful shift that you've seen either in your own work or, you know, the work that you do in writing for others? Like what feels like a big thing that stands out to you there? Yeah. I think for me, the big thing is just 
leaning more into storytelling and I'll say authentic storytelling from the perspective of yourself in your marketing. So telling your story, telling your results and using storytelling with your clients as well. So um, I'll talk about what that looks like for clients in a second, but I think that has been the thing that's really transformed why people kind of show up in my space. Cause it, if you're a service provider or honestly, even a like a product-based business people, I'll say, especially service providers, they want to understand and resonate with the person that they're working with, whether it's a coach, graphic designer, copywriter, you know, whatever brand of service provider it is. They want to know the person behind the business because you're going to get, you know, down and dirty with them. You're going to, if you're working with a coach, like they're going to know all your stuff that comes up. So they want to make sure Think of it as like a, a first date. Like they want to know who you are, but it's hard to kind of do the vibe check on a discovery call or something like that. So it's kind of this like slower process in your different content marketing and, and different places, email, newsletter, social media, those kinds of things. It's kind of your way to kind of put out into the world and say, this is who I am. This is what I believe in. This is how I got my start and kind of source out people and attract in people that resonate with your story and your values and what's important to you. Because most people don't think about this kind of thing, but I've seen it like a million times over your values that you have as a service provider. Those are what resonate with the people that you work with. So every time like that by far, anytime I have, I have, you know, three of them, I have freedom, courage, and authenticity. Those are my three. If I'm going to tell a story. It's probably within one of those three things. And when I talk about those things that people that come to me and want to work with me, they also have those same values every time. Like they have all of them. Those are things that are important to them. And it's something that I really struggled with when I first started. And I did not have an MBA. I have a master's in public relations, but I didn't have an MBA. So I didn't know anything about marketing. When I first started I'd also been working in corporate communication. So I had all of the storytelling experience and I still, even though I'd been doing this professionally for almost a decade, still struggled with storytelling, which is so funny. If I, I see so many people who are like, oh, I suck at this. I suck at this. I'm like, guys, I did this for a living and I still sucked at it. Like, it's okay. It's okay. But the, the thing I think for me, once I got the hang of it and once I kind of learned what works. It's something that I also want to help other people kind of tap into and understand with just the importance of, of telling your story. And I'll say, and when it comes to clients, it feels sometimes really gross. I'm not big into like my client had this revenue win or, or, you know, that kind of like bypassing the whole process behind revenue wins. Like I'm not really into that. I don't I'll say I don't subscribe, but I, I try to give contact context where I can. So even with like for me and my content, for example, I see a lot of people that do, especially with like testimonials and sharing testimonials, most people in the marketing space think, okay, cool, created a social media caption, plopped a testimonial in the person's photo. And like, there's my social proof, but there is another step that I found is the best way to get people like almost have your social proof work even like better for you and and harder. And the thing to do is post the testimonial, but in the caption, tell the story, talk about the before and after for this particular client. Talk about your process. What, what did you work with this person in particular? I've done this in the past with testimonials for writing someone's story. Uh, I had an offer when I first started called bio in a box where I basically just wrote someone's bio, but I did it in kind of several captions. And I had a, a woman who is a podcaster and was all about amplifying uh, voices for women and women of color. And she had told me she'd never even thought about having this be in her messaging, but I had kind of unlocked within her like all of this stuff about her being a Latina and like how she grew up and just the whole dynamic within her household with her grandmother living in the house, which is really common in the Latina community and and where she was growing up. And so in my testimonials, I, I shared that story of unlocking what that like felt like for someone. And then I, I get a lot of people, I would, I would say 
compared to other copywriters, we have a really high, just all across the board, like diverse group of clients, um, skin color, sexual preference, like all kinds of things. Like we have a really diverse group of people. And so by sharing that transformation and what that looks like and how we navigated that together, it also invites other people to see themselves in your client results through storytelling. Mm -hmm. It's not just, you know, oh, cool. Like Kindle wrote a good website. Awesome. Scroll. Maybe I liked it. It allows people to almost see themselves in like see their story in your client testimonials and, and almost imagine like, Oh, if Kindle did that for them, like imagine what she could do for, for me. And I mean, I've had this happen time and time again with strippers and, you know, all kinds of different, I never thought in my life I was going to be writing stuff for strippers. I've worked with two of them right now. And they're some of the most badass business women I've ever had the like pleasure of working with. That's amazing. But I just, I never would have imagined those types of you know, people would be attracted into what I'm doing, but in the storytelling and almost like freeing up people to see themselves in what you do and in your services or in your products that you offer, it allows people to really lean into what it is that you do and get on board with it. Again, their values are probably really similar to yours, but it's a really smart way to tell stories that feel aligned. You're not going to feel like you know, I'm a used car salesman and like, this is slimy. And I'm like, I don't really want to share revenue wins, but that's what everyone else is doing. It's this really great way to get across what you're about without feeling like you're shoving it down people's throats. Like it's very uh, authentic, very aligned, uh, almost like laissez-faire. But I find if you're into attraction marketing, it's one of the best little hacky tweaky things that I found over time that has really helped me call in the right types of people that I, I enjoy working with. And that after every project, I'm like, man, that was so cool. Like I got to tell this story and I got to tell this story. And it, it's such a fun process to get to do with the people that you work with and, and also recognize them. It's almost when I do that, I also do a lot of like client testimonials where it's, it's almost like a, like save this note for later, save it for a bad day where I'll say like, oh, you know, Kristen, when she, when we worked together, she felt like this, but Kristen's deeply kind or Kristen's like hella smart or whatever it needs to be. But you almost like write this like love note to them and, and their story and like how proud you are of them. And, and you maybe as the service provider facilitated the transformation, but it's also tapping into that person always had those things within them. Your job as the service provider is to like bring it out. So it's, it's so fun to yes, do it for marketing. Yes. Do it to, you know, hopefully attract another people. But also I think for me, my whole philosophy on it is I also want people, if, if that's the last thing, you know, I, I do send, you know, notes in the mail and snail mail and that whole thing. But if, if someone needs like a pick me up on a long day, like a hard day, I want people to screenshot their testimonial from me and be like, damn, Kindle like totally got me and like I've, I've got something in my back pocket to read if I feel shitty one day. So it's such a, a fun way to do social proof that doesn't feel, again, testimonial, photo, scroll, like, and then move on. It's just a different take. Well, I think what you're saying is it has a lot more depth to it. And I think totally. that that's the thing. Like, it's funny, you mentioned the values and, you know, a few episodes back, if you guys scroll back, I did an episode on like finding your core magnetism and how I like really tapped into that. And basically like, you know, you can call it whatever you want, whether it's like your authenticity or your core values or whatever it is. But really found that mine were like connection, warmth, beauty. I'm trying to think there's one other one that I I always forget the fourth one. (laughs) But I really, it was really so helpful for me to like tap into those things and understand like these are elements that like string through my life, right? Like these, oh, expansiveness is the other one. There we go. I was like, there's definitely, it's definitely on the tip of my tongue. I don't know why I can't remember it now. But like the things that always feel best to me are things that like tap into those like four categories. And that really goes 
goes back to like who I am at my core and like how I move through the world and like how I like can see the beauty in the coaching process the same way that I like freaking love renovating my home and how I was a (laughs) brand and web designer before I was a coach. Like the beauty aspect comes through, the connection comes through. Like every time I run, I feel connected to like myself, my intuition, my body, being outside the universe, like all of it, right? Like connection is such a big part of my work with clients. Like it just makes so much more sense. And it like, there's something about tapping into those things, whether you want to call them values or core magnetism or whatever it is that just can help you to string so many things together and really connect those dots to find what feels good to you. And it's so interesting because hearing you talk about testimonials, what came up for me was like, that's that connection piece, right? The connection piece is well, I can see myself in this testimonial. I can see myself in this story. I can see that this person came from a similar background, was in a similar place, had similar mindset struggles, whatever the thing is. And they were able to move forward. They were able to really like connect the dots there and like get the support and get the help that they needed and like look at what was possible on the other side of that for them. And I think that that connection and depth, like you're, I mean, at least for me, you're almost always winning when that's the, the goal, right? That's the thing you're trying to get at because I just think that there's like, there's just a way that us humans are craving connection nowadays that I think (laughs) like we, we just like weren't before, or like it was just more accessible before. And now there are just more ways to be unconnected or disconnected or uh, more noise and distraction. So I don't know, that was one thing that really stood out to me as you were talking through that is just that connection piece and like how much easier it is for us to connect with other humans who have been through a similar experience. And of course that goes back to storytelling. So really yeah. just love how you framed that and love like how, like you guys, this is like such a simple mindset shift, like go pull some testimonials and really tell a story there. Like talk about your people, talk about what they've been through. Like that's just such an incredible way to take this and really make it actionable in your business. Like today. (laughs) Yeah. One thing I love that you said too, about like finding your core values or core magnetism. It's like not to assign homework to listeners, but I, I think there's a very valuable exercise if anybody yes, listening I'm all wants for to it. do something. Here's your homework assignment from us. I found my core values by doing something completely unrelated. It was actually for an app that one of my friends founded. Um, it's called Flourish and it's a health and wellness app. It's basically, if you think of Noom, it's basically the the anti Noom. So it's like anti-diet, intuitive eating. But one of the little modules in this health and wellness thing for, you know, non-dieting was to find your core values. And that's actually how I found mine in my personal life. And then it just kind of bubbled up into my business because like I mentioned earlier, personal and business, like it's a really sticky gray area. And if you try to say, you know, oh, it's, you know, it's totally separate. No, I just, I I just fundamentally disagree. But something that they had us do and that I actually do with all of our clients when I, especially when I write websites and about pages is we, first off, we, if they don't have values already, we come up with some values. And most of the time I'm listening to them and then I kind of just come up with the values. But the most important thing that they did in this exercise was yes, you know, name your values, figure out your, I would say three to four if you can and handwrite your definition of the word. That was like, the, that's your, your homework assignment for this is first off, of course, find your values, but write your definition because there's a million ways that people frame up what a certain value is for them. And, and it'll show up in your content. It'll show up in your stories. But if you can get really clear on what that sounds like, it's going to just help you get even clearer as you make in your personal life, as you make decisions, as I've had to use and you know, fall back and lean on these values as I hire people or as I potentially bring on clients and try and figure out if they're a good fit for me or not. So I was going to read my definition of my values. And then, like I said, homework assignment, if if you're into that kind of thing, definitely explore doing this and, and even put them on your website or, or write it in your content, frame your client testimonials in this way, because 
Uh, it's one of the most, I think when it comes to being authentic and, and really leaning into storytelling, having some kind of frame to put those stories in is really helpful. So mm-hmm. I'll, I'll go ahead and read mine. Um, so I have three, like I said, freedom, courage, and authenticity. So these are my definitions of them. So freedom to spend my time as I please while still earning money. Uh, courage is doing the uncomfortable or unpopular thing in pursuit of my highest self. And then authenticity, this is the one like, if I could get this tattooed on my body, I'm not into tattoos. So <laughs> I, I am not cool enough for one, unfortunately. So I put it on a sticky note on my desk. Uh, it's the same a, thing. It's the same. It's the same. But authenticity, and it, this is the one that shows up for me. I have a huge vision for the business and, you know, what I'm wanting to build here and all of the projects that I want to do are kind of all at the root. Like this is like the number one, this has to be there for people, but it's authenticity and it's to show up unapologetically as myself in all forms and make it safe for other people to do the same. Mm. And so there's like this, you know, it's a a little bit of vulnerability. My mission of course is to create a world that's more candid and kind. And it's almost the sentiment of like, I'm going to be myself even on the shitty days. Even if I am going through a shitty breakup, if I'm, you know, not having the best day or I'm having a great day, I'm going to just be myself. And I believe that when you're more candid and kind, when you're more authentic and it's kind of the sentiment of, okay, I'll go first. You know, I'll, I'll be the first one to, to do the vulnerability piece and kind of pull my mask off and say like, all right, guys, this is me. Like do what you want with it. Like this is actually me. I just firmly believe that when you show up in that way, it immediately frees up other people to show up the same way. And so that's kind of my, I would say those of course are present in all of things in my business and in my life, but like the authenticity piece is it's in every program that we have here. We do a lot of strategic give back programs and we have an apprenticeship for our staff writers. Like that is at its core in every single thing, like any touch point, any point in the business, like that is the, I'd say like the golden thread that weaves through all of it is, is that idea of authenticity. Oh my gosh. I love it. So good. (laughs) So I know we're running out of time, but I still wanted to hear more. Um, But I know we talked about the only five stories you need to be telling in your content. And I was so curious where you're taking these and what your point of view is on these. So tell us what five stories should we be sharing? Yeah. So the the five stories you should be telling, and this is I've, I've heard a lot of people be like, oh, I do the content pillars thing or, you know, whatnot. And I just think for people that are starting out or that are new to messaging and marketing, it's very confusing. Like I've seen content pillars in the past that are like, sell, no, like, trust. And you're like, that is so broad. What does that even mean? Like, it's not even actionable. Like it's, it feels like you're floating around. And, and again, I was a messaging, been doing communications for years and I still was confused. So I, I need a little bit more pragmatic solutions and things <laughs> like, I don't, I don't like, to, yep. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't like to be floating around in space. Like I need a little bit of some, I need some actionable bullet points for me that one of those big stories is how you got your start. So there's a, a ton of different ways you know, I, I have a, a few different iterations on this. Like I could talk about how I started my copywriting. I could talk about my transition into entrepreneurship. I can talk about like how I got my start. I was the kid that my teachers in elementary school were pulling me aside because I was a writer and they were like submitting my stuff without telling me to like writing contests and things, which is all part of the big picture. But I think how you got your start is a really important one because it helps people they want to see themselves in your story and especially like your origin. So I would say that is a really big one. We talked about client testimonials already. That's just one Mm -hmm. in general, social proof as a business, like you've got to put that out there and it's not bragging. I know it sometimes feels like it's bragging, but it's not. I'm a big believer. Like if you show people that you, you can serve them, it's, it's serving you, but you're ultimately serving them. So it's okay. I know 
it's hard when you're starting out, you're probably like, Oh God, I don't, I don't want to seem braggy or whatever, but oh, it's actually I'm all for bragging. Like bragging here. Yeah, you're doing hard, you're doing hard stuff. And you're like, you came up with it yourself. Like it's okay. <laughs> so the client testimonials one is a big one. The like your core values and making sure those are in a story form. So what I do, and I, I weave this in all the time with uh, especially authenticity. Like I'll talk about, if I had a really hard client conversation or hard, hard decisions I've made in my business, like I, I take the kind of concept of the, the value that I have and I tell stories and I look for stories that I'm experiencing. So one is behind the scenes content, which a lot of people are like, what does that mean? And like, does it mean I show my breakfast or like what, what even is that? I would say as often as you can, and especially on places that are not public. So if you have an email list, this is like, behind the scenes content every other week, bring people into your process, but it can look like if you're going to start a new offer or you're thinking about a new offer, talk about that. If you've got things, I have an email that I do on Fridays called wallflower Fridays. And it's basically just like I thought and reflected about things during the week. And like, this is my take on it. And it's not I'm selling this thing or whatever. It's literally just like I'm a wallflower and I observe things in my world and this is my reflection on those things. So it it can be really under anything, but if you think of it as like a way to peel back the layer and just have people understand your inner experience, it can be about, you know, I think the more obvious answer is like, I've got a new offer coming up or I worked with my coach on these things or or whatnot, but you can do it in, in other ways that are, if you're like, I'm a very deeply introspective person. I'm like 20,000 leagues under the sea deep. So that's just a very natural like thing that I do. And I'm a writer. So that's what it looks like for me. But for you, it could be, I watched a cool TV show and this is what I thought about. Like behind the scenes can mean in the business, but it can also mean in your personal life and how you apply it to your business. Again, I'm, I'm a little bit more of, of the camp and belief, like, you know, business and personal is like a little blended. I like to have boundaries, but like, it's still like, it's still integrated between the two. And then the, the last one is your differentiating factor. So what makes you different from other people in your space and telling it in a story? So this is another great way you can kind of lean on client testimonials in this, this way as well but your differentiating factor, like there are literally dozens and dozens and dozens of copywriters and dozens and dozens of coaches and graphic designers and, you know, different products for different things. Like there, I hear it all the time of like, oh, the market's so saturated and, you know, there's not a space for me or whatnot. And the difference is there, there is, but leaning into what, what makes you different. So again, that could be core values are going to be a big way that that will show up. It could be something about your process. Uh, like for example, we write monthly content over here, but we are in a, I would say a quote unquote agency, but I basically took the agency model and flipped it on its head and was like, I basically asked myself like, what sucks about agencies? What sucks <laughs> yep. if, if you, if you run an agency, what sucks about that? And usually it's like, like super aggressive deadlines, so much churn, like shitty payouts, no education, like never taking time off. Like that's what sucks about running an agency. And then for clients, what sucks about working with an agency is it's like, it's super expensive. It's a lot of churn. It's a lot of back and forth. It's a lot of review cycles. Like it's, it feels like a dumpster fire for both sides. So I like for me, and there's a lot of done for you service providers, and I would say like, especially in like the creative space that are doing some kind of combination of like done for you, done with you um, to some degree, whether it's like a single person running the business or it's a, an agency model. I see a lot of people like scaling up sl- like slightly into an agency. And for us, like the differentiating factor is I, I pretty much said when I decided I was going to scale up, I was like, okay, what sucks about this? And like, how can we make this easy? So for us, it's like, we only do like we will only have a touch point with clients like two times a month. And it's literally when we send over concepts for you to approve before we write them. And then we need you to approve the content when it's done. But other than that, we're out of your hair. There's no back and forth. There's no need to be in like, we're not even in each other's Slack channels. If you want to send me a, a note, literally Voxer me brain dump your idea. 
And then it like magically appears. <laughs> but there's none of this like back and forth crazy thing. And then also for, because we have staff writers, something I've like, I was so against starting an agency for the longest time. Cause I was like, I'm going to get burnt out. I'm shitty at project management. And that's like a weakness of mine. And that also sucks for like staff writers. Like you're always chasing down deadlines like all the time. Yes. Just, there's so much term and it's chaotic. And we have people on staff here that are, um, I'd say like a, a mix of three types of people. We have people who work nine to five jobs and then they're just writing as a side hustle, but they don't want to just freelance. Then we have your classic freelancer who like does a little writing. Then they do a little, a little bit of this and a little bit of that. And mm-hmm. like, they're all over. And then we have people who are actual copywriters. Like they have their own business, but they want some sustainable income and totally. recurring income. Um, so we have people in that space, but I mean, I have full-time people. So they're at full-time nine to fivers basically. And so what I said was like, cool, you're going to get your concepts on the first Thursday of the month. You get a full two and a half weeks. You get two weekends to write them. I'm not going to do anything. I'm going to be out of your hair, write your shit when it's you know time to write it. And then it's due on this day. I don't care when you do it. Just here's the concepts. Here's your stuff. Have at it. But like total freedom from just this pressure of like feeling, I just imagine like a dragon breathing down, <laughs> like your stuff, your stuff is due. Like, like there, there's like, don't miss the deadline. And then we have a copy editing process, but it's very lean. And it's, it's something that like, I've been told time and time again from clients, our process is so simple. Mm-hmm. Like there's not a, there's not a brand questionnaire, which is also, you know, spicy hot take. I don't believe in brand questionnaires for, at least for copywriters. Cause I find, that most people that need a writer don't know how to tell you like yeah, don't know how point. to write it yeah. yeah they're like I don't like it's I'm like why would you ask someone that's asking you to write your story to write their story like it just it doesn't make sense which I just like I that's, I, I go that's, that's like a whole amazing. episode that's, that's a whole, amazing comment yeah. whole separate episode but that concept of like our differentiating factor is no like and I've, I run the business this way and I've, I've done it since day one with copywriting is like our people are super busy. Like they don't want to have to think about content. So what do we do? Voxer baby. Send me a voice memo. Had a great call with your client in the middle of the month. Great. Tell me what happened. Voxer it, brain download it, load it, and then it's done. We'll work it in somewhere. We'll do all the content planning for you and the strategy. But it releases people from this feeling of like, oh my God, I've got to micromanage or I've heard a lot of feedback from people that have also hired writers where they feel like they have to still come up with the concepts or there's a lot of editing and it's like no when you work with us like you may have a brief very small revision but it's pretty much like out the door shipped signed ready to go like totally hands off so like for us that's a big difference from working with other people and so I talk about that in our content I talk about that in even just like the the overall process like how simple it is how easy it is you can word vomit your idea and it's okay like I I have a lot of people that are like oh I'm, when they first you know our first meeting they're like I'm so sorry I didn't have time to prep any documents I'm like girl just send that shit to me in the zoom chat or like get it to me when you can get it to me voxer me your screenshots of stuff like it's it's okay Again, the idea of like making it safe for people to show up in all forms and authenticity, that also shows up and looks like the differentiating factor. And like, I don't, you can come to our call and you're like, I just had a breakup and oh my God, my kids are screaming in the background. And I had a, I had a girl last week, like we were doing her project kickoff call and she's like, sorry, missed the time. I'm going to just pull over and just take the Zoom call from my car. I'm like, okay, cool, cool. We can, we can vibe with that. We'll, we'll meet you exactly where you at, where you're at. But it's something that um, for us is a huge differentiating factor that we talk about and put into our content. But everyone has those things that kind of make their business different. You do have to do some like panning for gold a little bit to figure out what it is for you. But you, you absolutely have those things. And the best question, if you don't know what it is, 
I always ask myself this. It's like the number one way to figure out what your differentiating factor is. It's like, what pisses you off about your industry? And then that your differentiating factor is like probably nestled in there somewhere where it's like, like for me, what pissed me off was like, Oh, I hate that. Like my staff writers are going to get burnt out and they're going to have low quality writing because they're going to feel like I'm just like this micromanager, crazy lady. My clients, you know, what pisses me off about that for them is like, they also are like extremely busy. Like I don't want to give them one more to do on their plate. Like how can we make this simple? So that's like, if you don't know what your differentiating factor is, the things, and I'm talking the things like, you're like, Oh my God, I'm going to get on a soapbox about that thing. That's your differentiating factor. Like nestled in there, parse it out a little bit, but like, that's what most of the, you designed your business to be, different and innovative and it's probably you know snuck in there a little bit too yes oh my gosh even just hearing you talk about it I'm like oh my gosh like I totally know mine like I was like yes Um, what is yours what is yours yeah yeah, totally so I really take a mindset-based approach to sales and like it, nothing like grinds my gears more than people like thinking that selling is like shameful or icky or gross or like yes. you shouldn't be doing. I'm like, you're running a fucking business. Like we need to yeah. stop pretending that selling is wrong and selling is bad. And then I think where we get stuck with that is thinking like selling has to look one particular way. Like selling has to look mm-hmm. like a sales script or selling has to look like um, like cold messages or selling has to look like taking people through this like 55 step funnel. Like this is where people oh, get God. so jacked up in this industry is thinking that they need like 5 million things to be successful and 5 million things to have the life and business that they want. Sales can be super simple. Sales should feel good. Sales should be aligned to what you want and how you want to create it. That's what's going to make you more money in business and not going off and doing what like, you know, sorry, I'm getting on like my soapbox here. I love it. Keep going. Keep going. I love it. I I love a spicy take. Like I am known for hot takes and spice over here. So like, please tell us. I'm over here like retweet, retweet, retweet. I'm here for it. But it's like, it's so irritating to me how many courses there are out there that are like, do this, like, you know, 12 step blueprint, you'll have like, you know, $5 million yesterday. And I'm like, I think, you know, deep down, we all know it doesn't work like that, right? So like, why are we buying into this like multi-step approach for how sales should be done when really the thing that is always going to get you the best results is figuring out what feels good to you and running with that thing, not burning yourself out, not burning the candle at both ends, designing your life and business the way you want to live it, like selling in a way that feels good. That's the thing that's like the money gets... The money gets old, guys. Like, you hit a point where, like, and I know that sounds very privileged, and it is. But, like, I think that, like, you hit a point where it can't only be about the money. And Mm -hmm. if you're hustling your way and following the method and doing the courses to get to this point where, like, you feel like you've, quote, unquote, made it and that feels like shit and you still feel unfulfilled, then then we just miss the entire point. You know, like, we miss the entire point of, like, sales because – yeah. It, like it can feel good in the process as well as helping you to thrive in life and business. So that's yeah. what I believe I about it. sales. <laughs> I love it. Well, I think too, like there's something there around like defining your version of success. Cause especially I mean, like a lot of your listeners are probably new and or early entrepreneurs and they're kind of new to this thing. And there's a lot of <sighs> spicy take, but you know, things that are designed courses that are designed with quick wins, people are just trying to iterate and make money passively from their own process. That's like what's actually happening. It's, I would argue not necessarily like an ethical way to make sales and, and to sell things. Like, why would you want to be like that? That's not a, that's not an ethical way to approach, like actually helping people in their area. But I think for, for people who are first starting out, it's so easy to focus on the revenue for, for a number of reasons. And I know for me, like when I, when I started, like I wasn't married, I'm not married. I'm, I am a single girl with two cats, right? I have (laughs) nobody. If my money doesn't work out, like I, my shit's on the line. Like it's my credit score. It's, I mean, if I get out of this apartment, like it's, it's my fault. So it's, I don't have that, that to lean on. And I think, it's so easy to worry just about the money. And it, it makes sense when you're first starting out because you want to leave your full-time job. Oh my you gosh, want to I create was consistency. so panicked about money. Like I remember, yes. and like, I don't actually think 
like I was, my basic needs were never in jeopardy. It was like a total ego thing of like, I invested in this coach and what if this doesn't work? And what if this doesn't pay? Like I would literally wake up in the middle of the night, like sweating in a panic kind of oh thing, you know, like yeah. I'm not like, this is not to downplay how real that experience is. Like I get it mm-hmm. to your point. Like, you know, it is your credit score on the line, right? Totally. It's so easy to focus on that. Like I, I do that all, all the time, and it's, it still comes sometimes like bubbles in. It's why it's like so important. Like when you're with like what you do with your clients and like your whole vision and and mission of helping people design a life that's balanced and where they can't make money, but it's also like brings the full person into it. I do the same thing, but just in writing. But it's the same concept. It's why it's so important and it doesn't feel like this when you're in it. It really doesn't like when you're like, holy shit, I'm seeing the cash flow or whatever. It doesn't feel, doesn't feel like this, but I promise you it will calm your nervous system down is defining what success looks like. And there's zero money attached to it. No numbers, no revenue. Talk about how easy it is to like one of my things for the longest time when I got this apartment, cause it was kind of a, like, I was definitely not at a place where I like was consistent with revenue net revenue yet when I got this apartment like my whole thing was like I just want to be able to easily pay my rent like Mm -hmm. I don't even like there's no number tied to that but like that is an experience that I want to have um or even just like the the way I spend my time who I spend it with I got a second cat and like wanted a, a lovely like a lion's den. I'm a Leo. So I have, of course, two oh, cats in this, this, this house. Of course we are. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. But designing and des- and deciding like what success looks like for you, because the more you detach yourself from what that outcome looks like, the more those things naturally come into your domain. Mm-hmm. Like the more I detach myself from my worth is how much money I'm making. My worth is if I can prove all these people wrong that, you know, I was leaving my corporate job and they told me I was never going to make it or whatever. Like the more I can detach myself from monetary outcomes and feel truly like present, grateful in the moment for anything, even in the moments when I'm like, holy crap, like cash is hard or like selling is hard or whatever it is. Like the more you can lean into what success looks like for you and define it on your terms and actively pursue building that into your life the money flows with that, like, which it, I know it's, it sounds a little woo woo, but it's, it no, really I mean, is, this a thing. is the whole thing. This is like, I mean, yeah. I, <laughs> I swear I'm not paying her to say this, you guys. Like, <laughs> like retweet, retweet. It's okay. We can read. We're both Leo's. So we just know <laughs> twin flames. Um, but no, it's, that's the way I think of it. And it, it took me the longest time. I mean, I mean, y'all heard my story. I like, I have, shed my snake skin like a million times and I will do it a million more times. I'm sure. And this purpose of my, like in the whole timeline of my life, but leaning into your values, leaning into what that success looks like and feels like for you. It's also a way for you to like rub up against like, is this serving me? Is this the type of business I want to have? I've had clients who had multi six figure businesses and on Instagram, it looks like they were living the life. They had the sexy brand photo shoots and they were making all this money and they were so deeply unhappy and like so stressed and like their mental health was a shit show. They ended up closing down their business and like going back into like a regular job because they were so unhappy and they were living for what success looked like on other people's terms or like what other people's metrics and you know what that looked like. And so I would say it doesn't have to feel like you're pursuing success, whatever those markers are. And everyone has, there's obviously the ones that the online business space tries to tell you. There's also, we all bring like this kind of preconceived idea. For me, it was, well, you know, I'm white collar and I have a master's degree and everyone's telling me at this corporate job that I'm going to be a VP. And like, again, I'm not that kind of girl. Like girls like me don't start businesses. Girls like me don't leave the, you know, the corporate world after it took so long for me to like generally generationally like own up and and scale up and size up to that for you you're gonna have your own like metrics or like kind of stories that you're telling yourself of what that looks like and what success looks like but how cool would it be for you to say eh 
doesn't serve me. How empowering, how powerful will you feel? You say, eh, not for me. This is what success is. Success for me feels like bringing other people along with me. Success for me looks like making sure that it's safe for all people to show up in our business. And eventually I'll have a co-working space here in Austin and a coffee shop and a food tour co-op. Like I want people to walk in the door and I don't care if they're a veteran. I don't care if they're trans. I don't care if they're a black single female founder. I want everybody to have a seat at the table. And that's what success looks like for me. I don't care if, if it makes money or not. And it's something, it even shows up in my personal life. Like I want everyone to feel included even if it's like somebody checking me out at the grocery store or the, the guy in the line at Starbucks. Like I want that to just be like, it's that Maya Angelou quote over and over of like, people will remember how you made them feel. Mm -hmm. I forgot the exact quote right now, but it's the same concept of like define what that looks like for you and be like relentless at refining it and making sure it shows up in your business, shows up in your personal life. Cause without that, it's not really worth it. And like I said, I've seen people have, the picture of success. I had the picture of success in the corporate world. I've had clients who had the picture of success that everyone, you know, in the online business space was saying, this is what it looks like. And they were so deeply unhappy. And it's not, if it doesn't feel good, like what's the point of it? Yeah. You doing? It's stressful. Running a business is, is still stressful. Like there is, it's still hard. Like you're running an empire. It's hard work. So if it doesn't feel good, is it really worth it? Mm. Argument? No, like figure out what, what feels good for you and, and lean into that and define it. Oh, so good. That's my hot spicy taste. Oh my God. <laughs> so good. So I think we've chatted the people's ears off enough today, but I am so... <laughs> the Leos are done. <laughs> I am so grateful for this conversation. I loved absolutely everything that you've shared with us. And I am so excited for people to really take what they learned about authentic storytelling and weaving that in and feeling a little less, you know, awkward about sharing those things and really just leaning into like how it can actually feel good for them and their business and how ultimately that's what translates to more sales and bigger results. So I'm just so excited. And thank you so much for coming on the show. If people love what they heard from you, where can they find you? Yes. So you guys can find me on uh, my website. It's candidcollective.co. If you're into the Instagram thing, I'm at candidcollective.co. Uh, there will be, if y'all like listening to me talk, I have a pri private podcast right now called Candid and Kind Radio that will be going public. Uh, June 1st is the, the current plan, but I've been podcasting for a while. I had a previous podcast called the Candid Kendall podcast. Uh, decided to, to stop that one in the the spirit of reiteration as as we've talked about uh decided that one wasn't really what I wanted to do and put out into the world so I had a private podcast just for fun and just as a way for me to kind of talk more and and share my brain and then now uh we'll have the podcast go go public in in June so we'll we'll build that up again but there's that. And then there's also on my website, I mentioned in this episode, I have the Wallflower Fridays email, which is basically every Friday. Sometimes it's just like, holy crap, what the hell was this week? Like this was a shit show. And I'll, I'll tell y'all the real real of what, you know, goes down. But sometimes it's like a reflection on, you know, things I've learned or, you know, anything that comes up and it could be business or personal, but I kind of reflect on that um, on Fridays, which you can sign up for on my uh website as well. But that candidcollective.co or candidcollective.co on Instagram is, is where you can find me. Beautiful. All right, you guys, you heard it. Go check her out over there. Again, thank you so much for coming on the show. This was amazing. And I absolutely loved everything that you shared. Yes. Thank you so much. This was so fun. And uh, let's just, I mean, I'm going to just say it y'all. Thanks for helping us create a world that's more candid and kind so fun collaborating with you. Like this was such a great like experience and I'm so grateful that we were connected and that we got to do this together. I love collaborating with you. It was so fun. Yes. Amazing. Thanks for listening to One Simple Shift. Check out the show notes for this episode and all past episodes at amandajoyceweber.com slash one simple shift. If you're loving this podcast, do me a favor and leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. These reviews truly mean the world to me, helping me to reach more people and have more impact. 
And as a special thanks, we'll reach out to everyone that leaves a review and you'll receive my absolutely free life and business changing future you meditation. This mindset exercise is the simplest, easiest way to tap into future you today and start being that woman now. I only wish I had a visualization exercise like this when I first started my business and now it's available to all of you. Simply screenshot your review and email it to me at amanda at amandajoyceweber.com to receive your free meditation. And remember, sometimes the only thing standing in the way of a more profitable business and a more fulfilling life is one simple shift. With a cause to bring their full, to bring their full personality into.